This is Tony Warner, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Here we are, three points richer, the Prince scores again, the King returns with a diving goal from his crown and thus we sing, oh when the Saints go marching down. Saint nothing personal lads, a cracking away day in the sun which sees Fulham one victory away from breaking our Premier League points record. And who stands in our way? The man who holds the existing one, Roy Hodgson. We'll be talking about all the above and any other business with Matthew Baldwin, Dylan Chavas and me, J-Mac, on your Fulham Focus podcast. Right, lads, I'll go to you first, Dylan. Well, I could go to both of you at the same time, to be honest, because you were both at this game. But I will do Dylan Nunderlex first. And <laughs> it's never nice to relegate someone, is it, uh, Dylan? Or, or is it in this case? I just, your, your opening thoughts. Um, I don't know. It's quite nice to not be the one being relegated uh, for, a, for a change. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, you know, a uh, difficult one. I mean, it's literally was the perfect away day. Uh, in the sense of the grounds about 10 minutes from my uni house down oh, happy here. happy days, so, didn't know that. Um, yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, not not too nice to be the ones to actually relegate a team because I suppose, you know, you, we know as Fulham fans how it is to get relegated, so I guess you wouldn't really wish that upon another yeah. team, but across the course of a season, you can't you can't really say they don't deserve it, and as harsh as that no, sounds. They, they look pretty... Pretty shocking, I've got to be honest. And Baldo, how how did you enjoy it? Was it the perfect away day for you as well? Did you enjoy the ground? Did you experience any new foods there? Anything of the like? Yeah, I think it was it was the perfect away day. I think just to go back to the first part of the question, is it nice to relegate someone? I think it is because you, but you've got to be careful with how you react to it because you never know when karma is going to come back is going to come back to bite you. You know, who knows? Two or three years time, we could be in the same situation as Southampton. You know, and they come to the cottage and they relegate us. So, and how's that? And how's that going to feel? So, it's not exactly that. But in terms of just the day itself, you could not have asked for anything more. I think I've said it in the pod chat. It was the one of the top five away days that I've that I think I've ever done. Um, you know, lovely weather, great game. I had a Mr. Whippy both to and from the ground because I haven't had a, one of them in ages, and it is Mr. Whippy weather. So why not? Uh, I had a foot-long sausage uh, hot dog on the way back because I was in. A, I was. A, I was just in a very, very happy chipper mood the whole day, and um, no. You've been in America too long. What, too long. Sausage. I used to have. I used to eat them in my sleep. Um, growing up. Uh, don't take that. Don't take that out of context. <laughs> Do not take that out of context. But yeah, I used to. Eat, I used to eat a lot of sausage. Oh, this is getting worse, isn't it? Um, yeah. I just loved it. The whole day, start to finish, wonderful. No complaints. No complaints. I think uh, Rishi Sunak might complain. I think he got a bit of grief uh, from all of you lot. I think there was a few chants uh, made about him. Actually, I will say, I will say one thing. All the, all the most, all the uh, people on Twitter that complain the Fulham, you know, Fulham fans are all a bunch of Tories and ever. Yeah. Despite the fact I think Hammersmith and Fulham is a Labour is a Labour run borough, 
in a Labour-run city and everything. This will just put an end to all that sort of nonsense that old Fulham are just a bunch of Tories. The fact that we were mocking a Conservative Prime Minister, I think this will all help our image. No, well, I don't know. I think people will still just cling on to you know. It's like the it's like the fact that we still have a neutral end to them. Yeah, or, you know, or Michael Jackson statue still there. They'll still cling on to it and call us Cedrics and all that bollocks. Tarquins, sorry, Tarquins. But you know, whatever. I, I've got to say, there were some impressive new chants being made. Um, I, I think the Harrison Reed one being driven in a car by Tony Khan was pretty good. I think everyone was singing that quite nicely. And yeah, it just looked really good. Were there any Portsmouth fans amongst you in, undercover enjoying themselves? I think I saw one or two on Twitter, but I don't know if there are anyone sitting near you. Not amongst, but um, my best friend is a Portsmouth fan, and I was sat right next to the Southampton fans, and he basically begged me to send him videos of all the Southampton fans crying at oh, the end. Enough. There wasn't many. There weren't many tears. There weren't many tears to be shed. I think because they knew they were they they sort of accepted a lot of empty seats this as well. They were going down. So it, yeah, so it didn't it didn't come as a big shock. Yeah. But yeah, it, yeah, for, there will be many a Portsmouth fan that would have been, you know, very happy to see that sort of result. Yeah, fair enough. And look, now we we can we don't usually consider ourselves arrogant, but we did look at this fixture, uh, Dylan, ahead of schedule, and we basically. I think it's the most confident all of us have felt for quite a while knowing that we were going to win this. Despite actually being quite a tricky fixture the first time round, but, you know, because they've still got the likes of James Ward-Prowse, you know, all, all, all these players that somehow, you know, it's not actually, like you said, it's a squad that actually maybe shouldn't be going down on paper, but they have. I mean, they've made terrible decisions. I mean, Nathan Jones, a completely ridiculous decision, and then hiring the Valencia under-18s manager as their uh, interim and then making him permanent. just stupid. But anyway... I was just basically going to ask you, are we, were we right in our prediction? I mean, w- tell me I mean, how dominant we were and key players that you noticed and how we played, etc. I mean, just, they look fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, to put it lightly, they did. Um, yeah, it was really, really comfortable, to be fair. I think the first 20 minutes, I think we had maybe, what, 80, 85% of the ball. Um, and all the play was um, up in their half. So, for the first half, they were shooting... Well, Fulham were shooting um, at the opposite end of the grounds where the away fans were and I think our centre-backs were just on the halfway right. line for most of the first half and they never really seemed to threaten. I know um, you know, they've obviously been performing quite poorly but I think um, they have been hit by injuries a little bit in the last few weeks. I know both their sort of starting centre-backs were out. Che Adams was injured. Um, but even so, they had some good players on the pitch but um, you know, when you're in bad form and what facing a pretty inevitable relegation um yeah it was no real surprise that we did what we did there i thought i thought we were excellent all over the pitch to be honest with you um Polina and reed good as always vinicius seems to sort of come into his own the last few games um, well let's talk about that you know vinicius you know, is c- confirmed as starting and uh, i mean that seemed to be the right way to do it in the end, wasn't it? We were all sort of questioning whether Mitrovic should start straight away, but it was actually quite fitting in the end that Vinicius, obviously, will come to his goal now, got his goal, and then Mitro gets a really good, you know, hello as he comes on and being subbed. It must have been a really nice reaction to be amongst that. Yeah, I, I don't think um, I don't think it would have been right to bench Vinicius after... Um... You know, last what Monday we beat Leicester five three. I don't think um, Mitrovic should have come straight back into the team, but it was all, it was inevitable he was going to come off the bench at some stage, and in a way that was better because it sort of gave him his own time to come onto the pitch separate to the rest of the team. And yeah, it was uh, probably the best reception a substitute's ever going to get at Fulham. 
what did you think of Vinicius's performance before Mitrovic came on there? But obviously the goal, I mean, the build-up play for that goal is brilliant. Like, I, I mean, just the, the, everything that goes on in that, and the, the, you know, with the uh, assist from uh, Tom Kenny from uh, to the right, uh, all the, all of that, just straight from Bernd Leno, just absolutely fantastic. Just generally, your thoughts of what I've just said. It was pretty. I, I, you have to commend Carlos Vinicius's all-round performance, but and again, let's not get over exaggerated. He he did play a good game overall. His goal was a tap in. Let's not sort of say this is the second coming, the second coming of Mitro just because he's managed to get a goal in this game in the circumstance that he did. But on the goal, my favourite part of it is honestly Harrison Reed because ten- technically he gets the assist right. for that tackle slash block slash whatever whatever however you want to deny but his the way that he got the got the ball across the goal i just love that the fact that again there's nothing nothing left for us to really play for maybe it's the fact that he's against his old side but the fact that he's in that situation with the defender going nowhere not doing anything but still willing to slide in and do something to get the cause because in that situation it could very easily just go out for a goal kick mm. but the fact that he managed to get a goal out of that i think that's that's a sensational bit of play in 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 all honesty just the fact that he's willing to do that at this point of the season just yeah. a credit a, you know a credit to him and the player that he is and what he brings to the side overall. well i'm glad you mentioned that because i mean obviously harrison reed was given man of the match and that's now two assists in two games for him and he's just i mean i think he's very much i can't see lukic upgrading him anytime soon really um and i think as you say it's quite interesting that it's maybe a bit of an insult to injury to saints obviously them getting relegated but also to see the gem that they uh, end up selling to us so i mean yeah fantastic player and I'm, I'm i'm really pleased for him really pleased i've got i've got a few players i'm really pleased with that i actually wrote off maybe a bit too early in the season but i'll, I'll get to them in a minute um something that harrison reed obviously um mentioned I think it was Harrison Reed was that Mitrovic uh, when he came on to the thunderous applause that Dylan mentioned that he just said guys I, I really want to go here and of course he, he gets it Dylan and, and I don't think I've ever seen I can't remember seeing Mitrovic do a diving header like that I've seen lots of regular headers, headers and sitting headers and stuff but it was just uh, just the perfect way to announce that I'm back wasn't it yeah um, I'd be interested to know where you see a sitting header um, but yeah I the last diving <laughs> header I can remember seeing was um, probably Van Persie's in the World Cup. I think it must have been 2014. That was ages ago. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great finish. Really clever the way he managed to sort of work his body to ensure the ball ended up in the goal. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, we were all thinking when he came on, oh, it'd be great if he scored. And then when he finally did, that away end just sort of erupted, I'd say. Um, it was definitely the most I've celebrated a goal for a, a while. Not saying I don't, celebrate goals but um <laughs> yeah it was just really special like um obviously to be back after eight games and for him to score like the winner in a way um yeah it's just amazing uh, people flying everywhere I had to um had to you know grab hold of wiggo just to make sure i didn't fall down the steps myself but um yeah it was yeah. a really special moment and I'm, I'm glad i was there how many serbian flags did you see there Paul? though oh, i mean it's, yeah, well, there, we'll go on run dylan i mean just quite a few awesome, i think yeah. everyone went nuts there were so many um oh, wigo had one frenchy had one um, oh really i didn't know you guys had, had, had one. one. Oh, brilliant. um yeah there was loads and when um when he came on all the serbian flags were out and when he scored um yeah they all came out again i don't know if you've seen but there's a video on the um fulham twitter page of him scoring it's a video of like the whole away section and you can just see sort of the Serbian flags unfurl as he runs over yeah it's pretty cool oh wicked Baldo on to you mate <laughs> 
No, no, I just say, I think it, I think the club might have missed a missed something there by not giving out free Serbian flags for every <laughs> single for every single fan. So as you go through the game, like I'm pretty sure you know, like they used to or no, they still do give scarves or clappers or whatever it was on every single seat. Just as you go through the turnstiles, just have assistants there just with Serbian flags. I think the club, I think the club missed a trick because it's not like they didn't know this was they didn't know this was coming. Like they knew everyone knew that this was going to come against you know against Southampton. They could have planned this and bought the flags weeks ago. Because I was thinking I was thinking again one. I said as soon as I got the ticket, I thought, how quickly can I get a Serbian flag? But uh, obviously, Fulham fans have taken up the whole of Amazon stock because it wasn't coming till like That's June. Right. <laughs> They're the only ones I could find. So I think the club the club missed the club missed a trick there. But yeah, it was just brilliant. Just again, you knew. You knew there were going to be Serbian flags. Just going through the turnstiles at Southampton, thing. oh, there's one, there's another, there's another. Oh, that's a big one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's tons of them. Again, great to see. And I think I just have to feel, how does Mitrovic feel like that? When he sees, you know, during the warm-ups and when he comes on and when he goes to Scott, how does that feel? Like I think Frenchy sort of said in the past, has there been a player that has bonded with the fans in you know, recent memory, I you know we can't go back. You know, maybe Bedford Jezard had a great relationship with the fans, but none have had a relationship with the fans as Mitrovic has had. And when he looks up at the at the fans and with all the Serbian flags, how does he? If there are offers that come in in the summer, how does he say? How does he say he's going to leave when he has that? You know, on his doorstep and the friendship that he's got with the fans. I, I just think it's a moment like that that made me think he's going to be staying for a little... He's going to be staying for a long, long time because I don't think he'll get that anywhere I else. I hope you're right. Personally. I hope you're right. I think um, th- there's something about Mitrovic that we obviously missed. I mean, that's an obvious thing to say in itself. And other than the scoring, we just look like such a better team with him in it, as we usually do. Um, I thought there's something else that you just really miss about Mitrovic. And it comes from off the pitch as well as on. But you say the relationship with the fans. It's also the relationship with uh, our squad. Um, you, you just the, the support he gives for Vinicius when he makes the substitution with him. You've seen how just he gets along with everyone in training. How you see him react when we score a goal. You know, clapping, clapping amongst uh, the players from the bench, and also just like you know, celebrating with them. He's just a real, uh, you know, infectious guy, and we've just needed him so much. And I can imagine that he will have a lot more goals in store for us for the next two games I think he's very much fired up now and that, taking nothing away from Vinicius like you say because you know there's no way now that Vinicius can start beyond Mitrovic uh, Mitrovic will definitely get the start but well done for Vinicius for getting you know four goals and or assists in the last four games but now it's Mitrovic's time and he needs to propel us to try and break our points record against uh, Roy Hodgson and Palace yeah just just brilliant I mean what I will say on. is just so so sorry just during this stretch I think he has Vinicius has sort of given us enough faith that should we get a Brian McBride or Bobby Zamora-esque injury say at the start of the season and he's out for six to eight months or whatever and right at the start of the season I don't think we necessarily need to go and you know panic by a forward similar to how you know we someone argued we panic bought Dan James or panic loaned Dan James as a result of Solomon getting injured and we had to get another we had to get another winger through the door I think in the same way I think if I think we've now got a solid long term available backup for Mitrovic just in case because I no because in the championship if Mitrovic was out for six eight months I don't think I had I I don't think I had full confidence in uh, Muniz to see us through the whole season mm. 
But I think with Vinicius, I think there's enough there, especially if he, as he you know, continues to get better and with maybe better players around him. I think there's enough there to say we don't need a centre-forward in the summer transfer window, a la your, your BFF, uh, Victor Giorquez, or whatever his name is from Coventry. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to come now. I mean, there's, there are going to be lots of Premier League teams <laughs> that actually don't have centre-forwards that are going to want him. I think um, Vinicius might stay. I mean, there is interest from Brazil, apparently, like we talked about in the previous pods. But I think we will probably be in for another striker. But I just don't know. We don't know if it's going to be for Vinicius as a backup. Maybe Mitrovic will want to move we don't know hopefully not as you say um we'll also have Stansfield back and I hope he gets a run in the team because I think he gives us a different dynamic sort of approach to uh scoring goals but we'll we'll just move on Dylan to just any other players you think deserve some praise in this game I, for instance Mana Solomon looked a lot more improved I think yeah I think it's the first time in a while probably since the Wolves or Leeds game in the cup that he's looked properly lively um but yeah it's good to see him sort of um you know putting in those types of performances again and he did go really close at the end with a nice uh, nice curling effort I thought he should have put Mitrovic in but I guess it's a sign of a confident player when they um, you know neglect the easy pass almost and take that on themselves so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and at that time the, by that time the three points were wrapped up so there was no real um, you know consequence of him taking that shot regardless of what happened yeah, and, and um, any so. any thoughts on Kearney in this game? I thought Kearney was obviously brilliant once again. Um, obviously, like I said, the build-up play for the first goal, the you know the the, the switch that he makes. But just uh, I have to say, Dylan, I find Kearney, even though I know Andres Pereira is better in some regard for pressing teams that are of a higher position than us. For instance, like you know a top six team, I think Andres Pereira is actually very good in that role. But there's just something about Tom Kearney being in that number ten that is just making us all feel very. Uh, very emotional or, or gushy inside, <laughs> you know, just yeah. like the Fulham of old, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, obviously, he's a captain. He's he's sort of been on. He was on the peripheries of the squad for a long time in terms of you know he was obviously injured for ten, eleven months in you know twenty twenty one, and then he's fought back really well from there. Sort of established himself now. Pereira's injured as that starting number ten, which I think is testament to sort of you know the player he is. I guess the guy is as well. Mm. Um. Yeah, I really like watching him play. I think he sort of he has a calmness to his game, maybe that Pereira doesn't have in some moments. And when he's on the ball, he can really slow down the tempo and um, you know make sure we're not giving the ball away. I remember at the Brighton game at the start of the season, he was sort of one of those that was really good at sort of just making sure the ball was you know up in the corner, defending it. He he understands. The importance of um, you know the three points for Fulham, of course, as I'm sure all the players do. Um, but I think he also understands maybe how we want our team to play. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but um, I think he understands exactly how what it is to be a Fulham player. And yeah, I, I really like watching him. He's he's been one of my favourite Fulham players now for a while. And I was just thinking actually earlier today, I think in a year and a half um, it'll be on for a testimonial, which would be good. That would be great. I didn't even think about that. Is that right? Mm. All those like doing math in his head. Like twenty fifteen, he's, he's looking up and oh, okay, all right. Well, that's I like that. That's good. And and Bulldog just yeah, so um, hopefully. <laughs> so from one favorite player to another, um, Bulldog. I mean, Dylan says Kenny. I mean, I'm just making you know national uh, guesses here. But I mean, Harry Wilson. I know you're a big fan of. Um, not your favorite player by any means, but. I will say that I owe Harry Wilson a bit of an apology because I wrote him off quite early in the season thinking he just 
maybe is just good in the Championship and not that great in the Premier League. But now that's uh, five direct goal contributions in the over the last seven games for him. I mean, he's been really beautiful in the eye to watch, hasn't he? He has been, and again, it's similar sort of thing of of Carlos Vinicius. Is you know, you probably would have gone into this, you know, a couple of months ago. You probably would have said. If an offer were to come in for him, would we sell him and maybe use the money to invest in someone who could be a little bit more reliable in the Premier League? You, again, I a couple of months ago probably would have said, yeah, he he did his bit. He got us out that he got us out of the Championship. Did brilliantly in doing it. But if we want to take that step forward, then he's a nest. You know, it's a sacrifice that you know I'd be willing to make. A la Lord Farquhar. Lord Farquhar. Um, <laughs> But no, I don't. I don't think you can lose him now. If you want to keep him as a, you know as a squad player, as a rotation player, similar to what Niskan Skabano probably is, you know, the role that Niskan Skabano has now, I'd be fine with that. But if we have to rely on him starting as well, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be against that. He has you know come come on leaps and bounds. Part of it would have been you know now that he's back fully, you know fully fit and healthy and everything because he was rushed back uh, to be ready for the to be ready for the World Cup and everything. But now he's got he's 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 bang on he's bang in form and again has probably solidified himself in a, you know a place for a place for next a place for next yeah season. I think he could do with some better competition next season I think he could easily be our starting right winger still he's brilliant I mean I, I completely I've completely done a 180 I think he looks fantastic in this league now um I know it's still only been a few games and he's in purple form but you know I just a purple patch rather but I, I think his connection also with Kene Tete has been brilliant, um, as it was in the championship as well. They just they they really really have been complementing one another. And uh, Dylan, just any irks for you in this game? I think one of the things we'll both talk. I'm sure Paulo will probably add to this is um, the VAR handball that uh, wasn't given. I mean, I just what the I just I just don't see the fucking point of VAR anymore. It's just that was the clearest day handball. And it just wasn't fucking given. It's just ridiculous. Mm, yeah, the whole thing just lacks consistency. I think. Um, yeah. Obviously, the rules seem to change every I don't know every season, and then that just creates confusion. Is you know a handball this season might not be a handball next season. Um, you know, in this instance, it doesn't really matter too much because although it was nil nil at the time, um, it was we were always going to score. It was there was no doubt. It wasn't like we were going to come away from this game brewing a, a, a missed pe- opportunity at a penalty because of VAR. Um, as well as given our recent record from the spot, I'm not I'm not entirely sure I'd have wanted a penalty anyway. But um, yeah, it was a penalty. I'd, I'd say looking back. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it was just one that luckily um, didn't really have any bearing on the game because it was never going to change the outcome or result. That's how confident I was we were going to win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any other works? I don't really know. Um, I wouldn't say so to be honest. I think it was pretty much the perfect day maybe um, sort of looking at the centre-backs we have I think it would be good to get a natural left footer in which I know I think we are looking at but I just think um, Diop does use his left foot um, you know a little bit more than you know the average right foot centre-back as both uh, Diop and Tosin are um, and Ream but yeah I think it's just something that we need to to look at because I think if he's left footed naturally it might be a bit easier to you know, get the ball out to Robinson a bit quicker, and obviously he can exploit his pace. Yeah. On the um, on the left hand side, without wanting to sound too tactical, that's just something I think we noticed as a, a hole in the uh, the focus group chat. I think it might have been Sarge, to be fair. But yeah, I thought I'll just mention that. 
don't don't be put off put talking about tactics, mate. Just because Wigo and Morgs are completely uneducated and like to rant about people doing tactics and stuff, it, it's fine. Like you know, you, you know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I hope. You know, you, the links we've got is um, I think it's Igor Julio, um, who's a centre back from Fiorentina, um, left footed, um, really good stats on, stats on who scored. I don't know, but like you know that, that there obviously is a plan in place to get a, a left footed centre back that can replace Reem eventually um, but who knows maybe Reem might keep him out of the starting squad next season again I, I have, like you know as the centre, he's kept some other centre backs out this season we'll, not, we'll never know but um, Baldo just um, any anything you want to add any irks from this game I mean I'm trying to think of any Southampton players that sort of bothered me of how rubbish they were I mean there was this guy called Onuachu who I actually wanted at one point because cause he was scoring loads in um, in the Belgian league but I mean he I've never seen such a big player cause so little impact or or, or you know I was gonna. I was gonna say he's the big. He's the big, like six foot, six foot seven or yeah, something. Yeah, he's gigantic. Number 12, yeah. Absolute, yeah, score of the the worst hat trick ever. Yeah, um, yeah. He he was a player that. Now I'll admit I have not paid a lot of attention to what goes on at Southampton this season. But when I saw him, I thought, "Hang on, this guy could cause." Again, I'm not looking at stats either. I just say, oh, he could. He could. He might cause us some problems. Absolutely, absolutely diabolical. Yeah. Um, the whole, the whole lot of them. What I will say is, uh, just going back to uh, Dylan's point about VAR, it will be interesting to see if, if the stage comes up, you know, next season when VAR again takes the new development, if they do start to release the conversation, because as we are recording right now, you, everyone who's watching Monday Night Football will have seen this as we're recording it, literally behind me. But Howard Webb's going through his. Uh, like what the match officials talk about whenever VAR thing goes through. I think that will be something that will be interesting to see next season is if they come out, you know, not necessarily on the day or if it's broadcast over the stadium or something, but in like the week after. So like on the Wednesday, all VAR audio feeds are released, you know, on social media, whatever, just so we can finally get an explanation as to why this was, why this was not given. So it'll be interesting to see that. Other than that, other irks, uh, the price of Mr. Whippies have gone up. Uh, damn inflation. But other than that, all good. Great, great. There used to be 99 peers. A kid is four quid. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a cost of living crisis board over here. It's just just awful. Um, but I, I will say um, the, the, expan- the explanation the explanation is always going to be that, you know, the referees are fucking terrible if they're not giving out them. You know, it's all like, oh, I didn't see it. You know, it's just, it's rubbish. Anyway, um, I'll tell you what, lads. We'll cue a little music there and we'll go on to the Palace preview after this. Fulham. So obviously, I was going to ask about you know other players we thought that were playing really well, and just the whole team against Southampton were brilliant. You know, Willie Ann, etc., etc. But the reason that we're obviously playing very well when the season, our season, is more or less over, is because actually it's not fully over because we're going for that points record. It's very clear that Marcus Silva wants us to go out with a bang, Dylan. And this game is very much going to be quite an interesting one because obviously you've got a potential record being broken versus the guy who owns the record. And you've got two teams that play very nice football. Well, now anyway, because Roy Hodgson, for some reason, has turned Crystal Palace into Barcelona. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it, to be fair. Um, I really want to win just because I think it is probably our last last shot at breaking the record. Um I think it's going to be hard to go to United the week after and get something. So now is really our, our best chance to get three points. And um, yeah, of course, it's, I don't know, slightly poetic that um, it, it might come against the guy that got the original record. But you know what they say is a cliche, but records are there to be broken, I suppose. And um, yeah, 
let's um, let's hope, let's hope we can do it. I'm looking forward to the game. Yeah, it could uh, think, it could get so be much better, one. couldn't it, Baldo? I mean, like, do you think Roy, if we did beat him, he'd probably be so gentlemanly and lovely about it that he'd he'd be very happy for us to to take the record off him? I'd imagine. Yeah, he he does seem gracious, and I think oh, was it because I remember when it was earlier on in the season, Roy was it was before he got his forever Fulham award. That's right. Or it may have been that, or so he spoke to Marco Silva because he was a pundit for Sky. I can't remember the exact. Oh, he wasn't getting his award then. Um, yeah, it was um, it was on, on Boxing Day, wasn't it? When um, we beat Palace three 0 He was on George Cohen. He was on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he wanted to come to the Southampton game because of the tribute to George Cohen. That's it. That that's what it was. So I knew that. I knew there was. I knew there was something about that. Yeah, but the, just the respect that he has for Marco Silva and obviously taking over. You you get the sense that Roy loves his time for because it didn't le- he didn't leave on a no on a bit on a bitter note. It was just a case of I've taken this team as far as I can go. Liverpool are calling. I have to take it. You know, there's no Fulham fan that will ever say a bad word again against Roy. So the love is there. And if he does, I again I do imagine that Roy will just you know shake Barco Silva's hand and say, you know, well done. It's yours. You you deserve it. Sort yeah. of thing. So I would. I no, I very much would love it, and just in terms of the game itself, this does very much feel like it's going to be one of those end of the end of season, last day of the season games where there's always one bonkers result. You know, like when West Brom play Man United, and it was five five, and there's been a couple of like four threes, and like Spurs went to Hull and won mm, six one right, or something. Yeah. It just feels like both teams, both teams are very attacking minded. Nothing left to play for. Palace have some good players, which we're going to talk about. This this one could very easily be a three-all draw, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Hodgson seems to be proving, obviously, a lot of people wrong at Palace that you know wanted him gone after he kept them up a couple of years ago. I mean, he he failed obviously at Watford to keep them up, but I mean, I'm really pleased for him and all the dinosaurs at the moment proving people wrong. You know, Allardyce getting a point uh, um, earlier on uh, in the weekend, but I, I think. You know he he's allowing uh, obviously flair players to express themselves a bit more. Would you say, Dylan? And you know, Baldo was talking about the players that we should be looking. at. I mean, one of them is obviously Eze, who's um, just tearing things apart. The man and, and Elise as well. Yeah, he he makes it look Eze. Uh, yeah, I really like watching him. To be fair, he he scored a brace at the weekend, I think, against Bournemouth. So he's in a, he's in a rich vein of form. Um, yeah, I think he I think he's going to get a big move in the summer. I've seen him linked and. The past few days, I think like Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United, right. basically every big team except City and Arsenal. Um, yeah, I think he's a really talented player. Elise as well. Um, you know, he's he's a, a great talent. Obviously, got got time on his side as well. But I think he's going to be another another great a great star. Um, and then Zaha could be his last last couple of weeks as a Palace player. Um, but he's obviously still as dangerous as ever. I'm, I think he was injured a few weeks ago. I think he's back now. But um, yeah, I mean, it should be his last game. I mean, well. how many times has he handed in a fucking transfer request and not actually got mm. what he wanted? It's just yeah, this should this should be it. I mean, he's. I well, think we've been he, saying we've been saying this this time of year for the last six years this is Roy Hodgson's last couple of weeks as a football manager. This time it might actually be, but he'll probably rock up yeah. somewhere next February March time, a bit like Neil Warnock. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, we've probably said it's we've probably said it's Tim Ream's last game a couple of times. As no, well. that was that was five years ago. Tim Ream's last game. No, but no, but even so, has has there not been a little bit of doubt in your mind, like towards the end of the season, like right, Tim, he's 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 old now. He can't. He really can't have another full season. We've got to replace him. The sort of thing. It's it's not exactly the same sort of vibe, but it's similar too. We have had it with Tim Ream to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's- 
We have. I mean, I think if I mean if Zaha does leave, I mean I've got a couple of mates that are Palace fans. If Zaha leaves, I mean he'll definitely he'll still be a legend to them, one hundred percent. Might even still get some sort of statue or mural on the wall or something. I'm not too sure. But going back to, no one has a nice word to say about Roy Hodgson. That's technically true. I um I still haven't really forgiven Roy Hodgson, even though we would have lost anyway for switching the sides around um in our opening game of the eighteen nineteen season. And um, I don't recall us having ever beaten Roy Hodgson team since that. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm quite desperate to win this, is what I'm trying to say. And I think, uh, I just, yeah, I really, really want to beat Roy Hodgson. But in a more like how you want to beat your father at a game of football, tennis, or, or like, you know what I mean? It's just like that sort of, uh, that sort of sentimental vibe rather than actually anything hateful. But yeah, I'm just... Yeah. Like, Sorry, is that, is that, be, is that beat Roy team since... That since the half time or the first half switch against Crystal I just Palace. personally don't remember any time we've beaten. I'm pretty sure we beat. I, I'm pretty sure we beat him during his West Brom days. Right. We're... I'm ninety percent sure we beat him in his West Brom. But days. what about since since that Palace game where he switched sides? Since that Palace that... game, oh, since that Palace game. Game. no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> so again. Yeah. No, not since then. Being annoyed think. by an old man for switching up. Okay. No, no, you're just being crazy. Yeah, no. Here. So I mean, yeah, he's living in my rent, uh, my head, my rent head free, my head rent free for uh, for doing that uh, since. So there you go. Um, is there anything else you want to add to this, Baldo or Dylan? Just in terms of, I mean, actually, we should talk about how we line up. I mean, I guess pretty much the same side as Southampton, but have Mitrovic instead of Vinicius. Yeah, that's what I go for. Obviously, nothing really left to play for. A very, very, very outside chance for Europe. Um, but uh, yeah, I just go the same side. Bar Mitrovic in for Vinicius. I think last home game, give him a chance to get a few goals in front of the Hammersmith end would be good. Um, but yeah. other than that, yeah, see so, you no know, reason to really change anything around. Maybe actually, I'll let Baldo say that maybe uh, good to give the young players a few minutes. Yeah, I think that is the that is the one thing I'd go for. We 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 gushed over Tom Kearney earlier. That is the one thing I still want, and this isn't just because he's Welsh. This is because he is the the ne- or is perceived to be the next talent coming off the conveyor belt, and that is Luke Harris. I do still want to see him get significant you know, significant significant minutes against against Crystal Palace, um, just because again, it is a case of you don't know until you've seen. Like we didn't know about, we saw Ferry Cavalli was doing incredibly well, but he could have flattered out. He could have been brilliant. So you give him a go, and we find out he's brilliant. If he if he turns out to be crap, he turns out to be turns out to be crap. That's just how that's just how life worked. But I want to see him at least given a proper chance. But in regards to our side, yeah, I think Mitrovic starts, and he just basically do a reverse of what he did um, against Southampton. Is he was clapped on against Southampton. And then you give him the chance to get a standing ovation from everyone in the from everyone in the uh, well around Craven Cottage when you sub him off in the 60th minute against Palace to bring Vinicius on. So I think that's really that's really the only change you can yeah. make. It would just be a perfect way to end the well not the season but end our last home game of the season, We're, uh, beating Roy Hodgson, getting the record, Mitrovic um, scoring in the hammy end for the final time this season, and just you know, just celebrating what's been a fantastic season with a lap of honour at the end. Just be great, be great. So let's let's. I won't do score predictions because I I feel like they they just sort of come back to haunt me. So let's just leave it there. After this music, we'll do all other business. Fulham. Now. Uh, all other business, AOB, I was going to say, Dylan, you mentioned there um, a slight chance of Europe. Um, can you can you just bring up 
actually something that I asked you to do earlier. What what would have have to happen for a complete freak shot of us getting Europe? Just for a laugh. I'm not taking this seriously. I don't want people listening to this think we've actually lost our minds either. Just generally, just for a bit of a. Um, okay. Yeah. So I've got it here. The graph. Um, so what needs to happen is the next. Well, so we needed to beat Southampton, of course, and the Aston Villa needed to beat Spurs last weekend, which they did. They did so. Two uh, one was the final score there. Uh, this weekend, uh, there needs to be three results that we need. So we need Brentford to beat Spurs, uh, yeah, Liverpool to beat it. Aston Villa, and uh, us to beat Crystal Palace. Um, well, I've got a little, a little bit here that says the most likely of them to happen is Liverpool beating Villa, but obviously we know anything can happen. Then on the final day, we need Leeds to beat Spurs. I also need Leeds to beat Spurs for a bet I put on. Um, nice. Brighton to beat Aston Villa and Fulham to beat Manchester United. Um, and then that is the kick. But I don't think I don't think the chance of all these things happening is is quite low. We also need Brentford to either lose to one of West Ham. Uh, which they didn't, so we need them to lose to Man City on the 28th of May, or pick up four points from those games, but Fulham overturn a four-goal difference advantage. Um, <laughs> it's quite Christ, a lot. That's a lot to work out. It's a lot to digest. It's um, a bet-building nightmare. Um, yeah. And then the, the total of that is Fulham in the Conference League, which is a probability of 0.16%, which is, uh, in, in layman's terms, not very likely at all. Um, Can I also point out with all the, with all these maths, does Seven even get us a Europa Conference spot if West Ham win the Conference League? I, does that screw everything? I up? don't know because everyone say, "Oh, this outside." Ch-. I pr- I am ninety percent sure that if West Ham win the Conference League, we just basically get an extra Europa League spot, and the Conference League spot just goes kaput. Mm, well, because I think because they don't because they don't want to like have a an influx of one too many. Teams for I'm pretty um, sure that's the to be case. fair. I'm still not really sure that Europe would be the best thing for us next year, so I'm quite happy to, oh, yeah, to totally, miss out totally, this year. Yeah, totally agree. Um, but as one of yeah. Fulham Focus's two resident West Ham fans, I'm I'm pretty confident <laughs> they probably will win that trophy in Prague in a few weeks. Um, yeah, let's let's see let's see what happens. I'm I'm just grateful we've. Uh, it looks like we're going to finish above Chelsea, which is good. But First we also, well, it's, that's, that's it, right? I mean, so, I mean, I, I will say thank you. For, I just, I've seen that now, Dylan. Thank you very much to Cottage Analytica for letting us, I say letting us, we didn't ask you, but, like, but, we, but we've used it in credit to you for Thanks all your that. We've stolen it. Completely stolen yeah. your stuff, Cottage Analytica, but thank you very much. And um, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's obviously clear as day now that Chelsea can't uh, get above us. That's brilliant. That's good. I mean, that's, that's what a wonderful season this is going. But now it's really, we want to get above... Brentford, and I, I think it is possible. Um, you know, I, I as, and and as much as you say that, you know, we don't really want Europe. It would it would be quite funny, wouldn't it? I mean, it would, I mean, we'd have to really really strengthen mm. the summer even more than we're already planning on doing it. But uh, it would be there'd be some good away days, that's for sure, for hundred percent. But anyway, we got to we, we're probably getting carried away. But I mean, some some strange things are happening um, in football, and it's going to be a mad mad last day of the season. And Baller, this is where I'm going to come to you. This one, uh, who do you think is going to go down? Just because we can talk about this and enjoy it, the conversation. I I want to I want to put this on. No, we are recording this as I mentioned earlier. This is before Liverpool kick off against. Let's Leicester. assume, yeah. Let's assume so this is. No, let's assume that Leicester lose. I'm going to have Leicester as that. I'm going to have Leicester as that as that last spot. Uh, I was I was one of the spots mm. rather. I then think of the two. It then it then really boils down to Nottingham Forest and Leeds, doesn't it? That's. Matthew, Everton. I, I haven't checked the bomb. Oh, Everton, of course, Everton. 
Um, I would say, I screw it. Let's go Everton. Really? I, I just want one of the quote-unquote big boys to go down, just to give a little shock to system. If it's Leeds and all that, I still haven't really forget not forgiven, but haven't got over the media loving that they had with Bielsa for those for those years in the Premier League. And mm. it would be great to see them. It would be great to see them go down to see them suffer once again. Nottingham Forest, I don't really have a problem with. Like people want to manufacture this rivalry or something because of. The fact we were in the championship together. No, and, look, and they were—they're trying to do a Fulham because of all the buying players. All that. I don't want—I don't want to buy into that. Also, Steve Cooper's Welsh, Brent Johnson's Welsh, Nico Williams. I don't mind Forrest at all. They've no. got a good contingent. They've got a good contingent. I, I just there. think the only reason I want. But yeah. Oh, so I. So no. So of the I want Nottingham Forest to stay up as possible. Everton or Leeds. I quite would like the idea of Leeds staying up, but so long as Sam Allardyce doesn't win a game, so long as he bleep houses his way to staying up without winning a game I think that would just be beautiful irony that they pay him all this money and the reason he stays up it's a goal difference and getting like two points right. I think that would just I think that would just be brilliant and then Everton yeah the big boys need kicking down a notch so let's go for that and you Dylan mate um, yeah I'll go for I'll go for Leicester because I reckon they're going to lose tonight and then it does look like it's going to be hard for them to uh to get out of that sort of uh, situation, and then I'll go for I'll go for Everton. Not not because not for any sort of scientific thinking, just because I put a bet on uh, the other week. Stop got, betting, uh, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> just stop betting. Le- Le- Look, oh, you can't maybe you can't see it, but it's Leeds to beat Tottenham on the last day of the season. Leeds stay up and Allardyce to dance on the pitch after the match. I just saw that and I thought, well, it's worth a fiver. Um, what the I don't know what happened. Uh, I put a fiver on, and it, it returns forty-two pounds fifty. So I'm, I know Sam Allardyce famously danced on the pitch against Bolton, but I, I, it would just be so me uh, for them to win, stay up, and then he not to do any dance. I would yeah. like to point out I'm not big time better, and that's probably five quid I've lost. But um, no, we shouldn't. Yeah, and, and no, gambling um, is be responsible gambling, kids and men. And yes, women, yeah, 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 definitely um, be responsible gambling. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it will be. I think it will be. Uh, Forest, no, uh, Leicester and Everton. Although I'm going to go. Well, go on. Give me your all though, and I'll tell you mine. Uh, although I, I do think Leeds fixtures are a bit harder than Everton's. I think Everton have Bournemouth at home on the last day, which could be could be a big three points if um, if they can get that. But obviously, it just a lot depends on next weekend as well. That's it right. is nice to be um, sort of you know have this big relegation battle going on and not be worried about your team being in it. Well, that's it. It's been an absolute pleasure to sort of not be part of it, um, not be a yo-yo club anymore, for now anyway, um, to have all these redemption arcs of certain uh, characters in our squad, like Willian Mitrovic in particular for now. Actually, should have mentioned, he's broken his uh, Premier League goal-scoring record now. He's now on 12 goals, and he'll probably get more before the season ends. So he was, his record before that was 11 with us, so that's brilliant. And can do it in the Premier League, obviously. But also, I just want to get rid of the whole doing a Fulham thing, because I just think the way that Forrest have behaved in the transfer market... Thirty new players. The amount of money they've spent uh, is just absolutely fucking crazy. So I would like them to go down, and it, for it to be now doing a forest. So just almost like there's just been a big old whitewash of uh, of uh, you know Fulham's uh, Fulham's bad press that they've been getting uh, for the past few years or so. So yeah, I, I think Forest will. They probably are okay, and I think it might be Leicester and Leeds going down with uh, going down with. Um, bigger pardon uh, Southampton but I think I would like it to be Forest. I've just got a feeling Leeds are somehow going to do something 
and it would be quite funny. And I hope you win your bet there with Sam dancing as well to boot, so that'd be great. Oh, yeah, that is his first bet I've put on in a while, so um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But you never know. We'll never know. So, and anything else you want to conclude this with, Bulldog? We're, um, we're making good time here, but I think uh, you're just shaking your finger at me. You're good. You're good. Dylan, anything else you want to... No, th- no, no, no. We'll, we'll go to my head. Yeah, I just, uh, I just looked out the window and... Um, yeah, Tony Tony Khan's gone past in a Ford Fiesta, so I, I wonder don't, I wonder what he's up to. Don't do the drink. D- don't do the song. Don't do the drink. I'm not going to do, do the drink. Um, oh no. <laughs> What's next? Do we get James Ward Prowse, the blonde Iniesta? Is that is that what the is that what the plan is? Is James Ward Prowse even blonde? I don't think he's blonde. I'm colorblind. Someone needs to help me out. I don't here. want James Ward Prowse. <laughs> Actually, that's the question I was going to ask you both. So, name one player in one position that we can realistically get next season that would help us avoid second season syndrome. And give us the best. Keep us. Is this from is this from Southampton nope. specifically? No, no. Or? The be- generally the best thing we could do this next transfer window is keep hold of Polina. That that will get us. That will help us avoid second season syndrome more than any any signing we could make. And Ben Leno as well. That sort of core. Agreed. Of yeah, yeah. I agreed. We're not finishing below seventeenth with Polina in the side. Yeah. Polina and eleven, you know, and ten planks of wood. We're not finishing below seventeen. I, I still, yeah. I, it's going to be very interesting. The player of the season. It's going to be a close call between Bernd Leno and Polina. I mean, I just love Bernd Leno so much, so I will definitely be voting for him. But I think you know he's still the second best uh, uh, goalkeeper statistically from who's got anyway in the Premier League at the moment. I think David Raya is first, uh, and. I think it's Allison from uh, Liverpool is third, but still, just just th- those two have been fucking phenomenal for us. And um, so yeah, that, you didn't really you didn't really play along with my question there. So fuck you guys, never mind. Oh, just we'll, we'll do we'll do it on another we'll do it on another pod in the future. Yeah, so, save it for next week. Save it for next week. No one likes to talk about my transfer questions. Anyway, thank you very much, Dylan. Thank you very much, Border. Thank you very much for all you listening at home. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us. We really appreciate you guys listening to us. We've been around for a long time and there are a lot of Fulham media outlets and pod- podcasts at the moment. So we appreciate you guys giving us a listen. And like I said, if you like it here, tell your friends about us. We're on all the apps, uh, you know, podcast apps and the like. And we'll be back. We'll be back with a reaction to hopefully the point record being broken with Marcus Silva against Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace next week. Many thanks. Come on, you wide season. Fulham.